What do you get when you combine simplified practice marketing, proven ROI strategy, and Van Skate Shoes? You get Mark Thackeray, of course. So lace up, grab your green smoothie, and get ready, because this is Dental Marketing Secrets. And this is Mark. All right, all right, my friends. Welcome back. Another episode of the Dental Marketing Secrets podcast. Here we go. As you know, our whole goal is to provide you and your team with tactics and tips, things that you can take and apply to grow your practice so that you can serve more patients and ultimately leave a greater impact on the community, on your family, on society at large, because that's what it's all about. You know, that's the only thing we can leave behind. And my name is Mark Thackeray. Always a pleasure to be here with you. And today is inauguration day, which is super cool to be a part of that, no matter which side you fall on, to, to, be, to live in a country like we do uh, and have the opportunities like we do to vote and to voice our opinions, differences of opinions. We live in the greatest country in the world. You know, and I'm just going to say that outright because I really believe that. I know America has some faults and some weaknesses and some warts, but Give that said, it is still the greatest country in the world. And I love it. I really do. Today, we have a, an awesome podcast for you. And I, I've talked with Devin Schumacher, is the co-founder of SERP Dental. He's just a great marketing mind. You know, he's, he's had lots of experience, over seven years of experience in dental-specific marketing, uh, growing his own agency, and really helping transform practices uh, through marketing. And we talk about a number of things, including how do you win in 2021? You know, what, what is it going to look like in the future? What are some quick wins that you can do right now to improve your growth, your practice growth? We get into, uh, we get into, we get into Disney. Actually, you're going to love that conversation towards the end. And there, there's a couple of quotes I wanted to share right off the bat that you're going to hear that I just think are so, so important. Devin said, if you can't sell, you can't serve. And that is such an important thing to remember as you you might be hesitant to market or ask for referrals. But if you can't sell, meaning if you can't help people understand the value that you're providing them and get them and really encourage and compel and persuade them to come into your practice to receive treatment, then you can't serve them. Okay? it's They go hand in hand. You have to be able to attract and draw them in and and so that you can then serve them and really benefit their lives. Okay. So there's, there's one, and now I'm just going to leave it at that, but let me, let me tell you a little bit more about Devin. So Devin Schumacher is the, as I mentioned, he's one of the founders of, of SERP Dental. He's also the CEO. And now SERP Dental is a company that helps dentists and their practices um, really increase profitability. Uh, they focus on operational efficiency and really, and reducing chaos. SERP Dental helps dentists grow through a combination of their trademarked partnership marketing system and dental business coaching. They take a holistic approach to aligning their goals with the goals of the practice owner to accelerate results and maximize success. SERP Dental runs the digital marketing for the practice while working closely with the dentist and their team to implement proven dental growth frameworks into their business. These frameworks, combined with coaching from their seven-figure dental consultants, allow practices to see extremely fast results. Their clients see huge improvements in growth, operations, and profitability at every level from case acceptance to time freedom. SERP's dental, excuse me, SERP Dental's mission is to help dentists grow their practices and have a larger impact on the communities 
they serve. Huh. Sounds an awful lot like our mission. And that's why it was such a great episode, such a great conversation. And you're just going to love it. So without further ado, here's my interview with Devin Schumacher. All right, you guys, welcome back. We've got a Devin Schumacher with us here. Devin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Mark. Glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. So excited to have you on here. Got a got a hefty list of questions to walk through with you. But why don't you take a minute um, and just give us a little bit about your background so people know kind of the experience that you bring to the table and what kind of what you guys do over at Serp Dental. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my story is uh, kind of interesting, I think, and I'll try and keep it as truncated as possible. But I, um, I'm from Los Angeles and I went to school. I went to college in, at the University of Colorado Boulder and I graduated in 2009 with a finance degree. I didn't exactly know what I wanted to do. I just knew that one of my personal whys, I guess, in life was that I wanted to have freedom. And for me, that starts with financial freedom, being able to wake up in the morning and do something meaningful, um, right. but not have to worry about what's it going to cost or who do I have to get permission from and whatnot. So I didn't exactly know how I was going to do that. But, um, you know, I, so I got a degree in business and finance. Uh, my mom's a doctor and I thought about going the doctor route. I actually thought about going the dentist route, but I ended up on finance and I graduated in 2009, which was the height of, um, you know, the meltdown. So right. there wasn't very many jobs and I eventually ended up coming back home and moving in with my parents and just saying, you know what, I'm going to go work at a bank. And even with a degree in finance, I still had to um, leverage my dad's 40 years in banking to get a job in a retail bank on a bank floor. Oh, man. Basically, you know, one of those guys that, that when you walk in and you, and you into a bank to deposit a check or whatever, they're there. So I was, uh, from an educational point of view, I was highly overqualified. And I learned quickly for working there for three years that it was not something I wanted to do. And it wasn't the way to get the, the freedom that I needed. So I, I'm... I ventured off from there and started some entrepreneurial ventures, a food supplement e-commerce company, um, um, some apps, yeah. and a variety of other things, uh, even some DJing. And every product that we had, every brand that we built was great. It was an amazing product. Um, the teams were good and it, they never took off. And the reason they never took off is because they lacked marketing and so what I found though, when I was DJing is that I started to have to spend so much of my time figuring out marketing and I was getting pretty good at it that other people started asking me, can you help me with your marketing, et cetera. And next thing I knew I was spending all my time doing marketing. So I said, <laughs> you know what, <laughs> I'm just going to go in, all in on this and I'm going to learn how to do marketing because I'm spending all my time on it anyways. And so I met um, my current business partner, Sage, and he said, I met him online in one of these marketing groups and he said, Hey man, like I know you do marketing for, um, uh, you know, local service providers. My brother-in-law actually owns a dental SEO company mm -hmm. and he's looking to sell it and move to Guatemala and, and change his lifestyle. What do you think wow. about that? Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, you know what? Um, if there's one thing I've learned, it's that being a business professional and having success in business do not correlate you need marketing. So we have a moral obligation to buy this book of business and provide awesome dental marketing services for these dentists that are just going to be 
you know, sold off to the next bidder. And right. you and I both know, and I'm sure a lot of the people who listen to this podcast know that it's a huge crapshoot when you're choosing a marketing company. There are a lot of people out there that, um, you know, just really aren't going to be able to provide what they promise or, or what they right. want to provide. So we kind of take it on as a moral obligation and we just went full force, all in, developed Serp Dental. And now we have a, um, a pretty large team that is focused solely on the dental industry. And that's, I love what you said there, Devin. It's it used the word, the term moral obligation, you know, and, and so, and I want to actually have you describe that a little bit more. So when you, when you use that term, uh, what do you mean by that? Cause I think some people are like, well, what do you mean? Like, do I, do I have to force this on someone? Like I'm obligated to for pressure someone into this or what, can you define that a little bit more? Yeah. Well, I think, I think in the, in, in the medical world, um, you know, a, a prescription without a diagnosis is malpractice. Right. But, yeah. and, and dentists, doctors, um, you know, my mom was a doctor, they take the Hippocratic oath and it's to, um, to do no harm. Right. And we even see in movies and we see in real life and documentaries, maybe some extreme examples, but when uh, doctors are in other countries and they take hostages, of terrorists or whomever, like, they still have that obligation to keep them safe and to like yes. give them medical treatment if they need it. Right. So I grew up, so to speak in probably what's considered the sketchiest um, or um, the shadiest part of internet marketing, which is SEO. Mm -hmm. That's really where I was born and bred. And yeah. there are so many SEO companies out there that um, are either just, you know, well, a lot of them just resell other SEO services, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but the, there is a lack of accountability there a little bit, but there's just a lot of people out there that don't know what they're doing. There's a lot of, um, you know, your basement gurus or your, you know, right. your mom's basement gurus. And, you know, I started as one of those, like I said, I moved back into my parents' house to mm -hmm. figure out my stuff and started learning marketing. But what I came across was that I, I want to kind of change the game and I don't want to be one of those people. Um, and not, they don't all have poor integrity, but I just knew that we spent so much time honing our craft that, and I had seen firsthand from my experiences, how many people just don't really have their shit together when it comes to SEO and marketing Right. that, um, you know, that that's kind of why we got into business. And, and that's why I made the change from being um, an entrepreneur in e-commerce and or an entrepreneur as a music producer to doing marketing. So when I saw that opportunity, I said, you know what, like it's just going to have to happen. And, and we actually had to pay to get those clients. So that's how seriously we take it. Yeah. And that's, and it's funny because I, I've used that term before I first heard about it from uh, Jay Abraham. I don't know if you know who Jay is, but he's a big, you know, marketing um, kind of thought leader. He's been, he's a little older now, but, and it's, it's, it's a great way for me, you know, in my perspective, I think it's, it's a great way to look at things. You know, when you have, when you have that experience, when you recognize, you know, if you're, if you're a dentist, if you're a doctor, you recognize the potential risks that a patient may, may, may go through, you know, I mean, or may suffer if they don't accept treatment, you know, it's your obligation to help educate them on what that looks like. You know, you can take this and this is what's likely going to happen, or you can avoid this or, or, or not, or forfeit this. And, and this is what's likely going to happen. You know, you, you have that vision, so to speak, you're the guide on the top of the mountain looking down and saying, Hey, there's, you know, there's a left turn you're going to want to take right there uh, to avoid that massive 10,000 foot drop. You know, I mean, you're just, you're trying to watch out for the patient. 
Um, and in our case, you know, when you're doing marketing, the same thing applies. You know, once you recognize, like you were saying, Devin, you've worked so hard and invested so much time in understanding SEO, it then becomes your obligation to, to educate people and help them see their blind spots and what's really at stake. Exactly. So let me let me ask you this too. Let's uh, uh, what do you see, you know, with everything that's going on right now? We're still mid-pandemic. We don't, yes, there is a vaccine out. Who knows what if that's going to change the way that we operate? And it's not definitely not going to change things overnight. So looking ahead at 2021, what would you say based on your experience, Devin, with your clients, what's happened in 2020 and just your kind of your pulse on the market? What would you say is going to be the number one way for dentists to win in 2021? Yeah, well, the first thing I would say is that, um, you know, take a deep breath. The sky is not falling. <laughs> um, and in my industry, pretty much every six months or so, people will say things like SEO is dead or these things are happening. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching a lot of shows recently from Boardwalk Empire, you know, like the 1800s all the way through, um, you know, speeches with uh, through the civil rights movement. And I, I just notice a common thread and it's always that people are saying times are tougher now more than ever. Times are tougher now more than ever. Well, you know what, like through that, we persist and we do that by focusing on controlling the things that we can control. Right. So the number one thing I would say, if, if you're you know, worried about the pandemic situation is, um, you know, worry about it intelligently and for a certain amount of time, like maybe an hour only to plan and be responsible about what your next moves are. And then just, you know, kind of pick yourself up and get over it because there's a lot of people that are winning. And, and in fact, um, as the new year turned, I started speaking with a lot of uh, business owners and peers and friends, and pretty much everybody I talked to was winning. And a lot yeah. of our clients were winning and we've generated more revenue for our clients this year than ever before, uh, or this past year than ever before. And, um, and it's, the way we do it is that you know, understanding where you're at, whether um, you know, you're a single practice owner and, and it's really just you and maybe one other person or you have a few practices or whatever it is your, your mix is, understanding where you're at and where you're trying to go is going to be uh, your baseline, right? right? And then once you have that, you're going to know what you need to do and you can really reverse engineer exactly how you want to get to your goals simply by understanding, all right, if I want to get to this revenue level, how many of X or Y or Z types of cases do I need to close? And you can reverse engineer your way back to that and then take a look at your situation. And what I see uh, more commonly than not is that people have the revenue goal, but they don't have a predictable way of getting there. And a lot of dentists rely on referrals. Um, or networking, and those are great. They are extremely high intent buyers. They're usually very qualified. They're usually easily easy to deal with. But you can't wake up tomorrow morning and say, next month, I'm going to get 35 referrals. You know, yes. at a, it's not really in your control. So understanding where you're at and where you, where you want to go will tell you a bit about what your strategies should be. And for the most part, what we say is, you need a system to predictably acquire patients profitably. Right. And if you don't have a system 
or you can predictably acquire patients profitably, you really don't have a business. Mm -hmm. That's such a good point that a lot of people don't realize is, and, and you brought it up, you just explained it so well with, with respect to referrals and uh, it, I mean, that's such a passive approach. You know, you have no control. I shouldn't say that you do have control. There's ways that you can uh, stimulate referrals, but, but ultimately it's, it's something that, uh, you know, that's going to come in and come in waves and, and things like that. You're not going to be able to bank on that month to month, but like you're saying, once you have a system, I mean, you let the system do the heavy lifting and that's, what's going to, you know, keep, it's always working you know, and I'm guessing this is where you're going with it, but it's the way I see it, Devin. It's just, it's always working for you, you know, to qualify people, to educate them, to really identify those people for whom you're the best fit. Is that, is that kind of how you see it? Or why don't you explain what you mean by system? Yeah. So in, in business, I guess, maybe in life in general, um, there's always a trade-off of time versus money, right? And everybody kind of knows that. Uh, it's good to be reminded about it, though. It's it's time versus money. So if you're just getting started or you don't have a lot of money, that's okay. There are things you can do to put in your time to start getting um, new patients. And that that is things like, you know, lunch and learns, networking events, calling everybody that you know, um, you know, sort of just pounding the pavement and right. trying to drum up referrals, right? And once you start to get some of that business going then you have a little bit of money. And that's when you need to start trading a little bit of that time and a little bit of that money and, and starting to spend that money to build this patient acquisition system. And the way that you do that is you first have to understand who it is that you want to serve, right? Go through the exercises of doing marketing foundations of identifying your customer avatar, understanding a everything you can about them. And there's various, you know, tactics, tactics to doing that, but you need to understand uh, who they are. What's it, what's it like a day in their life? What are their pains? What, what keeps them up at night? Right. And how can you provide something that's going to help them reach their overall dream goal? And that becomes your offer. And what you do is you use paid traffic. You go out to these places where everybody is congregating that you want to serve and you put your message in front of them. And the way I kind of describe it is, um, well, I'll ask you a question. Let's say that you're a dentist and you live in a city of a hundred thousand people, and maybe there's various suburbs around you with another 200,000 people, right? That's 300,000 people, right? Mm -hmm. So out of that 300,000 people, how many of those people actually need dentistry? Well, all of them need it. <laughs> All of them need it. A hundred percent of the people that are around your practice need dentistry. So when you know that, what you really have to do is just figure out a way to reach them. And within any market, you're going to have four segments of people. 3% of the market is going to be in buy now mode, meaning that you put your offer in front of them. And as long as it's a good offer, you know, they're, they're pretty much going to buy. So what most people do when they go into, I've tried Facebook ads or I've tried Google ads or whatever. First of all, you don't, you don't have a problem getting traffic because Google and Facebook are like gigantic traffic supermarkets. You can just go there and buy the traffic, right? That's what they do. Yep. <laughs> and so they put an offer out, uh, $49 new patient special, come and get it. You know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. 
the times that it that it works is because you probably don't have too many other people in your area doing that. So you scoop up to 3% and then your, your campaign might dry out. But what you're neglecting is 97% of the rest of that population. So what you can do is just understand where they're at. After the 3% of people that are in buy mode, you have the next segment, which is 17% of people who are in information gathering mode. And these people are, they understand their problem. They're, they're problem aware and they're looking to solve their problem, but they're not quite ready to buy yet. Right. Um, so what you can do is you can put out information to them, right? They're, they're looking, they're in information gathering mode. And if you are the person that is supplying that information, when they are ready to transition into buy mode, who are they going to go to? The person who's giving them the information. Right. And then it goes down the line. The next 20% are problem aware, but they're not gathering information. So the 20% that are problem aware, but not gathering information, you kind of just have to stoke the fire a little bit and hit on those pain points that you identified during your customer research and push them into information gathering mode, which you already have information for. And you begin to unlock these different levels. And next thing you know, you can now communicate to all of those 300,000 people around your practice, or even if it's 25,000 people because you're in a small town, doesn't matter. You're unlocking larger segments of the population. And the way that you make that profitable is that you have a system that takes care of the entire process. So you have your ads, which get their attention, and you have your traffic supermarkets where you can go um, purchase that attention from. But the next things that happen is you need to educate the consumer, communicate with them, nurture them, schedule their appointments, conduct your consultations, qualify the buyers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So having a system for each one of those things and helping to automate the process, you really will never have to have a marketing budget because you'll, you'll be able to acquire patients profitably and you'll be able to acquire a lot of them because you have something for each person. Yeah. And if it's self-funding, you know, I mean, when you do it right, it just, it, 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 yeah, you're paying with it with all the, the patients that you're generating, you're, you're allocating some of that back into the system to then scale and grow. And, and what I love about that too, Devin is, is you're really maximizing your investment. You know, I mean, instead of just focusing on that 3%, that tiny fraction that's ready to buy now, you're now gathering information and data uh, that allows you to continually reach up to the 97%, you know, to help them along in that journey that they're going through wherever they are, you know, and yes, it takes a little bit of time to set up and, and takes time to message, uh, set up the messaging correctly so that it's speaking to where they're at, where they are at in that journey. But yeah, when you have that going, I mean, that's how you, that's how we really scale a business is predictably and profitably is by having that system that's constantly running in the background. I love that. Right. So what would you, well, let's talk about, so we talked about some of the, okay, what's, what's going to be the number one way to get a win 2021, but let's talk about the quickest way to get a win right now, or the quickest things that a dentist or practice could do to improve their growth right now. Mm -hmm. Well, it depends on, I would say it depends on your setup, but definitely having paid advertising running is going to be the fastest way to generate new leads, right? So um, when you understand the flow 
that actually has to happen in order for you to have a patient. It's, you know, I, I think about it, and we, I've written it down before, it's some, something like 17 steps. And I, and I briefly touched on it, but let me just like kind of run through it. It's basically like you generate the traffic um, with, and you, you capture their awareness, right? They click your ad and you, you present them with some kind of offer. So depending on what segment they're in, if they're in the buy now segment, you can present them with, here's my offer. It's, it's X, Y, Z, and they're going to buy. If it's in information gathering mode, you want to have some kind of resource that's going to answer their questions and educate them. You have to build trust. These people don't know you. So after you've done that, you want to have some kind of system to, to automatically communicate and follow up and nurture them. And if you have those things, like if you have a treatment coordinator that's good on the phone, who's great at follow-up, if you have um, a practice management system or some kind of marketing automation that can schedule uh, everybody in and do automatic appointment reminders and automatic appointment and reschedules, and if you can conduct good consultations and if you, if you have good close rates, if you sell well, right, your case acceptance is high, then the fastest thing you can do is just put more traffic into the top. But normally what I see is that, um, you know, most of the dentists we work with have tried marketing before. And so they like the traffic is not the problem. It's the other things that I just discussed that are the problems. So, so fixing probably one of those levers or pulling one of those levers, so to speak, is probably going to be the fastest thing to get wins. Um, it, but it depends on, you know, it depends on you. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Which parts can you improve? Um, but I think that if I had to give a general answer, the thing that is going to move the needle for everyone across the board is um, having a better understanding of your buyer and making your communication cater to their pains, problems, wants, and desires. What I see wrong every time with every dentist that I've ever worked with is their messaging does not speak enough to the customer. It does yeah. not speak enough to the buyer to make them want to take an action. Yeah, that's a major, and it's a major problem, not only for the dental industry, but for businesses as a whole. You know, I mean, it's too many of them will focus entirely on themselves, their qualifications, their services, their own product, even fall in love far too much with, with that than the, the other way around. It really should be focused squarely on, on the patient, you know, and understanding what's in it for them and speaking directly to those benefits. So will you give, give us an example, Devin, I mean, of what you mean by that, because I really want to drive home this point. It's so important. Sure. So um, I think all, I think credentials and everything is important. You know, we've been in business for 25 years. We use the best tools. We have hired the best, whatever, but, and that works, you know, when you have referrals and people that already know you, but the thing is when you want to grow predictably, you need to get your message and your business out in front of people who don't know you and you need to build trust and, the way that you do that, well, first of all, most of these people are going to, you're going to be using Facebook ads. Right. You can use Google search ads as well. Um, but Google search ads, you don't unlock a big enough portion of the market to scale to what most people want to do. Because, you know, the, the people on Google are searching for something very specific, which is fine. And they come to your website and they already know what they want. And that's cool. But there's only a finite amount of them, right? If we were in Los Angeles or, or Glendale, where my dentist is, and I search for dentist Glendale, I can see Google will tell me, you know, there's 80 searches a month for this, right? Well, if there's 80 searches a month and you're going to get about 3% of the clicks and 20% of those people are going to opt in, and then maybe you close 
20% of those, like that's two new patients a month or something, right? Like that's not yeah. enough. Right. So you're going to have to be probably advertising on Facebook. And what are people doing on Facebook? They're just <laughs> looking for entertainment mostly. <laughs> They're doing everything except trying to find new patient specials, right? Yeah. Or right. Like yeah, they're killing time. They're trying to yeah look at what their friends are doing or what their neighbors doing. Yeah, your customer, your customer exactly like you or or when I say you, I mean the dentist or or even you or me. Your customer is doing is doing the same thing on Facebook that you're doing. They're getting bombarded by a tectonic hailstorm of notifications and and like text messages and like videos and trillions of dollars worth of technology that's designed to keep you entertained and distracted. Right. And they're getting hit with so many ad messages. And a lot of these ad messages say things like buy our shit or get a thousand dollars off our stuff, or we've been in business for how long, right? How are you going to get their attention? The only way you're going to get their attention is by speaking to their pains and needs. So let's, let's just take a hypothetical example here. If you're a dentist and you're offering Invisalign, it's probably because you um, find uh, value in helping to make people's smiles better, right? You want to help your community smile better. And, but, but why? Like, why would somebody want a better smile? Um, well, maybe they're a teenage girl who wants to become the next Hollywood actress, you know, with the million dollar smile. Maybe that's, that's her real dream. Or maybe it's uh, the grandma who, has dentures or doesn't, or is, you know, it needs, needs some teeth implants or is uncomfortable now going to their family's holiday dinners, but they don't want to feel that way. Right. Right. So you need to identify for each service that you're selling, who is it that you're talking to and hit them with something that's so unignorable that they have to take the next action. Right. You have to call out to them and say something along the lines of, here are all of your pain points and here are all the ways that we can solve it. Click below and like, let's take the next step. You have to be unignorable. And the best way you can do this is, you know, like go to the grocery store and go to the checkout line and look at National Enquirer, look at Cosmopolitan, yes. look at Men's Health and look at those headlines there. They just make you want to read and you have to take the next action. So compelling. So <laughs> if you can take those those structures, those formats of these headlines, and you can apply them to your customer and their actual desire. Not, I need to, I need to get a tooth replaced, but you know, I, I want to be able to eat pain free, mm -hmm. or I want to be able to, uh, you know, live longer and spend more time with my kids, or whatever the case may be. Yeah, like if you can hit on those things, that person is going to take the next action, which is to click. That's so important. So important. You know, we could do like a whole series of episodes just <laughs> just on this topic because it is mission critical. If they, if you're not capturing that attention, then you're completely ignored, like you said, and it doesn't matter how many people you're going out to. You know, but I think I love what you said too. I mean, become really. It sounds like you're saying become a student of what catches people's interest. You know, and so you look at the National Enquirer. You look at those headlines. You re, you look at why they. They're still around and why, you know, when all the other printed publications have gone the way of the Buffalo for the most part, they're still going strong. And you look at that, that the way that they hook people in by the words that they use, you know, and then look at your own life. I, I do this with, 
with myself. I have my own swipe file, essentially, you know, of, of things that have caught my attention that caused me to buy, you know, or purchase something. And so I'll, I'll make a, a screenshot of that or copy a headline or something like that, just for, because you can use, you can duplicate these, you know, it's such a, such a great principle of, of, you know, improving yourself and improving yourself as a copywriter and, and getting your message right. Um, but another great thing, what, and I'll ask you to this, Devin, but what, um, any other ideas for coming up with content like that? I mean, I, it sounds like what you're saying is take their surface level desire, uh, which is, oh, I want straight teeth or something like that, or I, I want to fill this gap in my tooth to, and getting, asking questions that go beneath that. So you really get to the root cause of the issue to, well, I, I'm just uncomfortable with how I look, you know, I, I'm afraid to smile in public. I just, you know, for whatever, and I've always been this way. It's just, it's been worked on me forever. Do you, any other, what other ways can people, you know, come up with ideas on, on, on how to find, I guess my, my question is how can they learn more about um, what those patients really desire? Yeah. So that's a good question. Um, if you've been in practice for any amount of time, you're sitting on a treasure chest of this information and you probably just haven't gone through the exercises. So you have your practice management system, you have notes about all your patients. The first thing I would do is I would, well, I would take an inventory of what products I'm selling, right? Because what you're selling is a product, it's a commodity, it's not special, somebody can get it anywhere. It doesn't make a difference really to the consumer. And in, in general, it really doesn't. Everything is a commodity at this point. Even us, we're data at this point. <laughs> Companies are taking our data, we're a commodity. So meet with your team and like go through your practice management system and have conversations about your patients and ideally, you know, your favorite patients because you want to attract more of them and, and start talking about like what conversations have you had? What, what are the things that they've talked about? The real reasons why they're trying to get things solved, right? And start writing those down. Um, you can also go out to uh, Facebook groups or forums, like let's say that you're, you want to sell more implants. You can go out to forums about dental implants, not, not on the dentist side, but on other people's side, or, and you can find out what people are saying. You right. can go and you can look at your reviews and your negative reviews, and you can find out what people's complaints are. What are their fears? What are their hesitations keeping them from taking an action? And if you don't have reviews or negative reviews, go look at your competitors. Just start searching dentist plus city or dental implant provider plus city and look at reviews and read them and see what people are saying. They're going to say like, oh, it was too expensive or, oh, I had to pay too much cash up front or, oh, um, you know, it, the, I'm too scared to go. It was painful. Like start writing all of these things down and figure out a way to craft something that they can't ignore. And it really starts with your offer. Like it, it doesn't chronologically start with your offer, but it's really about your offer, right? If you're selling $1,000 implants, uh, $1,000 off implants and someone else is selling $1,000 off implants, like nothing makes you different. So you need to figure out how you can take your customer from whatever their actual pains, problems, and desires are and provide them that end result. So like one exercise we do is we think about our customer, and I'll say it from the marketing to dentist point of view for a second, because it's a little easier for me to, to do, but what we, we know that dentists want to grow their practice. At least that's what they come to us for, right? They come right. to us and say, need SEO, or I want to grow or whatever. Well, there's, there's three things that every business needs 
and or every business has, they have um, the subject matter expert, which in this case is a medical expert. It's a dentist, right? They have that. They also have uh, one aspect, which is the business. And the business is like the vehicle. If the dentist is like the driver, the business is like the car. And then they have marketing, which is like the fuel. And it's not going to work if you don't have any of the three pieces. And what you basically want to do is figure out how you can take these things. And what, well, for us, like what I was saying is what for us is we need to figure out how we can help dentists grow. So they come to us with marketing. And if we get them a whole bunch of traffic, but their business side is broken, maybe the, the front desk doesn't answer the phones or they don't follow up enough. Their practice management system is disorganized. Um, you know, whatever the case may be, they're not good at selling. Like our marketing isn't going to work. So we write these things down. We figure out the problems we've had with our clients mm -hmm. and we build that into our offer because you can come to us and get SEO. You can go anywhere else and get SEO too. It's right. a commodity, just like dental implants, just like Invisalign. So what we figure out though is how can we, like what, how could we guarantee in a, in a hypothetical dream dream world where unicorns are flying around. How can we guarantee that when a dentist comes to us, we're going to take them to from, you know, whatever they're at $500,000 a year in production to a million and a half, and then opening a second practice and then being able to take three month vacations with their family. Like, how can we do that? How can we guarantee we're going to get them the growth? And we write all these things down. We write down, well, we could redo their whole website and structure it better for SEO and get them a bunch of traffic and, we could create their Facebook ads for them. We could follow up with their leads for them. When the leads are ready for their appointments, we could have like a virtual treatment coordinator call them and run the scripts that we know. We could go in and we could, you know, redesign their office and like fit, like we like fly out there and take all new pictures of their stuff and run their Like we think about all the stuff we could do to get them the success. And then you figure out what's realistic, what's not, and you package that together and that becomes your offer. And that's how you differentiate, differentiate yourself from your competitors. So if you're a dentist, you know, you have to figure out how do I take my dream customer from their problem state to their dream state? Well, like, like let's say they want a better smile. You can sell them Invisalign. You could go to their house every day and brush their teeth in the morning and at night and floss and whatever. Like you could do these crazy things and you're probably not going to but it gets the juices flowing. And all of these things need to become your offer to differentiate yourself from your competitors so that when somebody is in the market, when they're ready to buy, they have to buy from you, right? And that's just the concept of building an irresistible offer. And when you have that, you simply have to go and put out those headlines that we were talking about. Headlines that have intrigue, that touch on uh, the benefits, that touch on their pain points that speak directly to them, that give good guarantees and that when they click there and they see your offer, they're like, whoa, like there's no way I cannot respond to this. It's literally irresistible. I would be insane to not take them up on this. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I like how you, you put it to Devin, where you're, you're focused on what you know you can deliver on, you know, I mean, you're, you're kind of starting from that point where, okay, what results can I guarantee? And then you're building it around that, you know, look at, look at what you can do for, for a patient and, and, and you can do every time, almost every time for that, for a patient, you know, it comes in, well, I can, I'm amazing at dental implants or sticking with the Invisalign, Invisalign, you know, and, and especially with 
maybe more complex situations, you know, really identify where, where you really fit into the market and in terms of your position and what you can offer and then build that in, you know, and if, if you're lacking in areas, I thought, I thought that was a great, great exercise to do because then you can identify, well, yeah, I'm really good about getting in, in our case traffic for these, these dentists, we're getting a lot of website traffic, but it's not converting at all. You know, they're not getting any patients, you know, so we can build in someone who follows up on these leads and, and, and nurtures them until they're ready to, to commit to coming in for, for an examination, you know? And so look at what you can offer that patient and say, yeah, I can do this. I can check this box. I can do the actual implants, but what else do they, what else are they really looking for? You know, I mean, what will make that dream, uh, dream come true scenario and then see if you can do it, you know, I mean, see those things, like you said, that are realistic, but there's a number of things that you can do that are in your control that aren't going to cost a whole lot of money or time or resources to do, but will make a tremendous impact on, on your patients, on their experience and on your offer. Right. And many times the things that you want to be doing will end up making you a lot more money in the process because there are additional services that you need to sell, but it'll also help you get those person, those people, the results that they want. And I know that like sales is kind of a touchy subject for a lot of dentists, you know, kind of like it is for artists, right? They're they're there to find their art, right? They're there for their passion. But if you can't sell, you can't serve. And if you're not serving, if you really believe that you are the, you can deliver the best um, dentistry for the the people around you and and especially compared to the other competitors in your area, you know, a, a, a common thing I hear a lot is, I've been a dentist for 25 years and like, I'm not showing up on the first page and there's all these other dentists around here. And like, there's no way that they can, you know, provide a better service than me. Right. Like if you can't sell, then you're doing a disservice. If you're not selling, you're doing a disservice to those people because they're going essentially to somebody else who you have deemed as less qualified. And I think that the, the mistake that everybody makes is they start with their service. They say like, I'm, I'm an right. orthodontist. I want to sell this, or I want to sell implants, but you have to start with what the market wants and make your service that, and the market, the market, like a lot of times they don't even really know what they want. And they're not going to tell you. Like if you ask somebody, if a dentist comes to me and we say, what do you want? And they say, well, we want to grow. Why do you want to grow? We want more money. It's like, okay, that's what you told me, but that's not the real reason. Right. You want more money so you can do X, Y, Z. So digging deep, having these conversations and doing this research and understanding what do your patients actually want and then building your service around that. Um, it, it makes you, it decommoditizes you. It makes it so you yeah. cannot be compared on price to anybody else because it just doesn't make sense. It's not the same offering anymore. Yeah, it's not an apples to apples comparison anymore. It's becomes completely different. And that's a great way to look at it. I think, you know, also just, it makes it enjoyable, you know, I mean, it's, it's, you're constantly innovating and, and it, it really gives you a chance. And I say this with, with people a lot, but it, can, it gives you a chance to Disneyify your business. You know, I mean, you look at what Disney has done for the experience that they deliver and they've really taken it from just delivering theme park rides and concessions and things to world-class service, you know, I mean, where they're doing things that you never would have thought possible. Um, you know, I had a, one of my clients was telling me once she was down in, in Disney World and someone, you know, they have fireworks in the evening, right? And so they went out to watch the fireworks. She ended up watching them from behind a tree because of the crowd and whatnot and just the layout of the property. 
the next day she gets approached and is like, Hey, I just w- wondering how your, how your stay has been. And, and they got talking about, she thought, Oh, I had, we had a great time watching the fireworks last night. Well, except for the part where there was a tree in my way, but other than that, it was great, you know, and, and, and then the next, before she knew it, she goes back that night and the tree's gone. Like they removed the tree. You know, I mean, it was, wasn't a big tree by any means, but they, they'd actually gone out of their way to fix that solution right then and there uh, for her and her family. And, you know, I mean, and that's the joy of, of doing these types of things and these exercises, you can look at it and say, how can I be, how can I help that this patient that we want to serve, you know, get the best result possible. And I think what you said, Devin, and, and going through that exercise with your team and really looking at all the the hopes that they have, all the dream state, as you call it, you know, what, what are they really trying to get out of all of this? Not just this treatment, but what are they, what does their life look like because of this treatment or could look like, and how can we contribute to that? That's a great way to start. Definitely a great way to start. Yeah. And I like the Disney example actually, because it's, it's actually super relevant in that like there's a lot of people whose lives have been changed by Disney, right? They've made memories with their family and, or they've been inspired or whatever. And like the only reason that's possible is because Disney continues to sell you more stuff than you originally signed up for, right? Like you wanted to go see, you wanted to go see the movie frozen or whatever. And you did, and you paid, you know, 30 bucks for that or something. And then your kids wanted to get the frozen dolls and you're like, maybe you grumbled about the price or whatever, but like you got them that for Christmas and they opened it up and then they were almost crying and you made that memory. And then now Disney wants you to fly down to Orlando and like spend more money on this <laughs> thing. Right. But you're doing these things and you're creating these memories. And it's like, you, people want that, right? Because they want to spend money on things that are going to, are, are the reason they exist. What is their why? So you got to figure out, like, what is my customer's why? And then how do I get them there? And the answer is always, you sell them more stuff, but they're happy to buy it because as long as you, you know, as long as you're not peddling snake oil, you're delivering right. what, you're, what you're supposed to be delivering and you're getting them closer to their why. Like, I don't think that there's anything else on the planet that people want to spend money on more truly than things that are going to help bring them to their why. Yeah. Oh, well said. I love that. I love that. And I'm going to steal that. <laughs> but I love, I love just how that ties everything in. Um, man, we could go on forever. And I, I had a couple other questions I was going to ask you, but I'm looking at the clock and I think we'll end it for here, but let's have you back and we can do a follow-up. Um, but before I let you go, Devin, um, where can people, you know, if they're interested in what you guys do over at SERP Dental, if they want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, so um, serpdental.com, S-E-R-P, dental.com. That's probably the best place to go. Uh, I'm pretty active, I guess, pretty active on Instagram. You could follow me. I post some stuff there that's sometimes it's helpful and sometimes it's just funny and entertaining. So um, <laughs> I don't really post too much from the Serp Dental Instagram, but my, my personal Instagram is uh, my name, at Devin Schumacher, and just remove all the vowels or just type it in. You'll, you'll probably find me. I love <laughs> Okay, well, I'll, I'll link that up in the show notes. Um, but I know you guys have uh, quite a few resources uh, online. I've seen, I've watched a couple of the videos, and yeah, tremendous. Uh, you guys do a tremendous work, you know, and, and a great service really to the industry by providing all of this education and helping people understand the bigger picture when it comes to marketing your practice and the missing steps that a lot of people are 
you know, don't even realize they're there, but are truly a, a significant part of that customer journey or that patient journey. So yeah, great job. Um, but yeah, thanks again for taking the time. Uh, we'll definitely have you back and uh, yeah, I really appreciate it. Thanks, Mark. It's been a pleasure. Did you enjoy this episode of the Dental Marketing Secrets Podcast? Head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And for more proven marketing strategies to grow your practice, visit practicerocket.net.